Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a couple of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like bacon, steaks, and cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bowen Sheila, the cut, kicking it cooler than two penguins. Still Bo's old arch nemesis. Greg Cosell shows up and it gets real. Pull up a branch and chill. It's time to get ill with some Birds with Friends. The early bird skips the worm and prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo will for you coming at you with stats and things, flapping their wings. The Eagles are Super Bowl champions. I'm going to get drunk. Where them beers, where them beers. All bottles on Mr. Lurie tonight. Damn, that's going to make me throw up. What was it like to have Bradley Cooper in the booth? We the best. No one could have got me a Caprice. Where's the ball security? Touchdown, Tom. Loser. Nick Foles never lost the Super Bowl. Welcome on in. Birds with Friends Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Gilio joined here in studio as we are every Wednesday night. By Shio Kapadia, Bo Wolf of The Athletic. Guys, we'll start off with the Happy Thanksgiving now. What's going on? Happy, Th- happy Thanksgiving. And I, I would like, you know, I was listening to you in Spike, and I heard the Markel Fultz uh, latest updates. Uh, I'm going to put the uh, over-under at like two and a half of how many more twists that story takes by the time we get off the air tonight. Over. Okay. I mean, we already heard from someone, <laughs> Bo, in, apparently in the crowd tonight at Wells Fargo saying... Mark Fultz is holding up a sign or selling cotton candy or something. I don't know what's Which going on. Which is funny because they, you know, we we just saw him sitting on the bench. He looks like a man of the cloth. He's got this, uh, you know, big white collar going on. So who knows? He can who do, do it think all. Is, who do you think is more likely to be in Philadelphia next season, Markel Fultz or Mike Groh? Mike Groh. I think so too. I Mike agree. Groh. I think that's yeah. a, I think that's a slam dunk. I could have come up with someone better. Who would we rather have here? Who would the fan base rather have stick around? Ooh. Mike Groh. Man, that's saying uh, something because Mike no, Groh's been getting I, blasted. I think I think Mark Helfel. I'm not sure. I, I would I would say yes. Who's but... got a better jumper? Mike Groh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, actually, I what don't know. What if they switch jobs? Okay. Who's better? Mike. <clears throat> Mike Groh's better right now. At least, he's, at least I think he's less of a headache for his team than Mark is for his team. Yeah. All right. We we will pass along if any other twists come out. Uh, especially if it comes from uh, Sheila and Bo's colleague over at the Athletic, Derek Bodner. We'll pass it along with Markel Fultz. And, uh, and look, I'm, I'm out of words. they got to trade that guy and get rid of him. But the Eagles, guys, not exactly a more fun subject right now, considering <laughs> what happened on Sunday. Let's start our first segment. We'll get into uh, our bird puns later on, our second segment tonight. Uh, we're going to have macro economics coming up, and then we'll look at the crystal ball eagle predictions later on. But let's start with our big three questions. And... The first one, I, I think, is the pressing one. The game on Sunday, I, we all thought they'd lose. I think both of you guys predicted a loss. Yes. I yeah. thought they'd lose. The loss itself wasn't the problem. It's how they lost, the reaction off it, and these lingering questions of if they were giving the right effort or demeanor or quit. And do we think they're going to do we think they're going to continue to give good effort the rest of the season? Because they're not out of it, but they're not that far away from being out of it, Shield. This has been a very fascinating week down uh, down in the locker room there. Obviously, Malcolm Jenkins had his comments earlier in the week saying that you can either fight or you can lay down. And we did a little bit of both, you know, and those are pretty strong words from one of the leaders of the team. It was interesting today. I didn't feel like many teammates backed up Malcolm Jenkins sentiment, to be quite honest. I thought most of the guys were like, well, that's his opinion. We thought we were trying. The film showed we were trying all of that. So, uh, you know, I think there are just so many varying degrees of opinion down there about what's wrong with this team. I personally watching I don't feel like they're I don't feel like it's lack of effort is the number one problem. Do you see some of that here and there? Yeah, absolutely you do. But 
I think they're going to continue to fight until they're out of it. And quite honestly, with the way this division is, I mean, you can play poorly and you might still be in it uh, longer than one might think. Yeah, I think that's right. I, I don't think that the the top five problems with this team has anything to do with effort. Um, and it is interesting, the last two weeks, Jason Kelsey two weeks ago and Malcolm Jenkins this week, bringing up things like demeanor and accountability. Obviously, uh, I think you can you can say that there's not quite the same buy-in that there was last season. That's sort of to be expected as you come off the, the complacency of having won the Super Bowl. But I think the, the issues on this team are, are much greater than uh, whether or not um, a guy is giving the, the appropriate effort. I think there are some things about maybe, uh, you know, the run game, for instance. The, you know, run defense is such a, a team defense thing, everybody being in the right place. I think you could make a case that maybe some guys are sort of looking for their numbers on the outside a little bit more than uh, they should be on, 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 the, on the defense, but I don't think it's a, really an effort thing. Yeah, when I watched the game, and I, I watched a little bit back afterwards just to kind of see if I missed anything, I didn't see the defense stop playing. I, I saw the Saints were just better, and the Eagles, I mean, they have guys in their secondary. I, I said earlier, if, if you line them up in front of the biggest Eagle fans in the city, they yeah. wouldn't know who these people are, and no they're going against Drew Brees. It. Yeah, I mean, they had a bunch of guys you've never heard of going up against an offense that is averaging 37 points per game. That's why last week I don't put that on the defense at all. The offense doesn't get you a drive that lasts longer than six plays. The offense doesn't have a play, uh, pass play longer than 19 yards, and they score one touchdown. Like, you're going to have zero shot um, in that game at all. Now, the other thing, though, to keep an eye on is sort of the habits during the week. And, you know, I think that's what Jason Kelsey was talking about a little bit. And when you see a play like we saw in the second half there, where the Eagles' wide receivers don't know who's supposed to be on the field and you have to call a timeout, all right, that's not exactly effort or fight. But, you know, all of these things are sort of grouped together, creating this nightmarish season for the defending Super Bowl champ. I couldn't believe I came in tonight and Jack was wearing his Cravon LeBlanc jersey. The and guy you know knows everybody. He ordered it before the game. Like, he was so in on Cravon that he was like, you know what? This guy's the next stud here in Philadelphia. I'm ordering it. And he's wearing it tonight. Well, Shields got his Bosby jersey on. Everybody knows mm. that. And I... I I was going to say one of the Sullivans. I'm not sure. You're, you're a Chandon guy. Yeah, course. that's yeah. right. I forgot my yeah. Sullivans. All right, let's hit our, our second question here. As we look forward, there's six games left. They're four and six. Shil, you mentioned it. This is not over, even though they've played so poorly. What do they have to do to take what's happened and not let it spiral out of control, Bo? Because the way they've played, you know, I heard when I was driving in today, uh, Mark and Reese were talking about whether people have faith they're going to beat the Giants on Sunday. And I think 60% of their poll didn't feel good about the game. Yeah, I don't feel good about it. And the Giants How aren't good. That, that, that means we all feel like a downward spiral is forming here. How do they stop this and stay in what is a, a sad race, really? Yeah, I mean, I, that is the only saving grace, right, is that they are not out of it. You've got Dallas playing Washington on, on Thursday. You, you can make a case for either outcome of that game playing in favor uh, of the Eagles, but, I mean, what do they need to do? They need to do something on offense. They need to be able to... Uh, see a little bit of what we saw from last season in Carson Wentz and get a little bit of, of some kind of explosiveness in this offense. Again, as you said, as you said, Shield, I don't put the defense uh, under the under the gun for last week's performance. I'm not expecting that much out of the defense. I think we'll see some just regression, like a dead cat bounce of maybe you get some turnovers. It's all on the offense for me, and, and if they can, uh, you know, get back to the drawing board do a little bit of like what we saw last season when Nick Foles came in and they were terrible on offense. Doug Peterson goes back to the drawing board, figures something out. If he can do something like that again, 
and I think there's a little bit of faith that maybe he can, then, you know, they've got a chance. But, again, I don't feel good about Sunday either. So if they lose on Sunday, who knows what happens. The disconcerting thing on this past Sunday was, and we talked about last week, the Saints defense isn't very good. Yeah. They give up 27, 28 the points a game. The worst pass defense in the league. And the Eagles couldn't move the football. That, it looked like a game from two years ago. Carson Wentz's rookie year, there wasn't really any weapons around him. He was kind of figuring out how to play the game. They had those moments where they didn't score points. That looked like two years ago. It's one thing saying they're not as good as last year. We all said this, what, four or five, seven weeks ago. Like well, We all came to a realization on our own at some point. But we never thought they looked like two years ago. They didn't look like a bad offense or below-average offense. Now, Sunday, they did. Yeah, I mean, by every metric, you know, they're 20th or below in the NFL in offense, which is, uh, which is concerning, which is something none of us saw coming. You know, I think they're really – their only chance at turning this season around. And to be honest, I'm not sure that a, a da- downward spiral is not coming. Sorry to go Troy Aikman on you there. But uh, I, think, I think a downward spiral could be coming when you look at sort of yeah. everybody disagrees on what the issues are and week after week, the same issues, and they're getting worse. I mean, that was the worst game of the season uh, last week, and that's not what you expect, what, two weeks coming off of bye. So I really think their only chance is Carson Wentz, Put the team on your back. Yeah. Go on a go on a uh, six-game run. Throw 17, 18 touchdowns. No interceptions. Make plays that are, are there. Make plays that aren't scripted. Go off script. Use tempo. Bust what, those legs out a little bit. Bust those legs That'd out That'd be nice to see. I mean, whatever mm-hmm. you need to do, I think that, honestly, is their only hope. I mean, they're not all of a sudden, I think, going to scheme things up differently. The run game is not going to get going all of a sudden. The defense is not going to morph into a very good unit. So, like, the one area where you have some variance and you have some upside is the quarterback just uh, just kind of going on a run and bouncing back in a big way from probably the worst game of his career. And don't forget about the big impact they can still get from Golden Tate. Yeah. Which they traded what for a good bow again, remind us? A third? Oh, they traded the third-round pick. Yeah. Not and- a big deal. Well, the offensive coordinator this week was like, well, you know, it's a challenge it to get them involved. Yeah. It, well, it's been a challenge watching them since they got Golden Tate because they're 0-2, and they, like you said, they're getting worse. Are they capable? Like, separate just what like – we all, we all have emotion off a of Sunday and this week and the way they've talked. Is this team, the way they are right now, capable of winning – what is it? What are they going to need to win this division? Four, five, five of six? Probably five. Well, I mean, if they win four and they're all the division games. That might be I enough. think that probably gets it done. Everyone's at eight and eight. <laughs> yeah, I think that probably does. You're probably done, right. But, but all right, four <clears> or five. Are they, is but, this team capable of winning four or five of six? I think they're capable. Yeah, I I, I think they are capable. Do I think it's going to happen? No. Is, is it in the um, you know ninetieth percent? No. It, it's a it's a slim chance. There is a chance if guys start playing better than they have. If Doug Peterson remembers. The guy he was last year with some of these in-game decisions, if somebody gets in his ear, whether it's someone in the organization or someone on the coaching staff and says, what are we doing in some of these spots? If they change some of those things around, if Lane Johnson looks healthier, I mean, I'm giving you a lot of ifs here, a lot of ifs here. But, you know, I was thinking about this earlier today. How many remaining games do you think they're going to be favored in? I mean, they're they're favored against the Giants. They're probably going to be favored in at least one, probably both of those Washington games. You would think next with week. Colt McCoy. Yeah, depends. Yeah. They'll be fav- if they win on Sunday, they'll definitely be favored against Colt yes. McCoy the next week. So that's three. The Texans at home, are they Are they going to be a dog in that game? Definitely. I mean, I don't right know. Right now Texans, they would be. Depends how this, these next few games yeah, go. So, I mean, they'll probably be favored, and I would say 
there's a good chance they're favored in like four of these games. And wow. so Vegas you know, has to start watching the Eagles. Not that it matters. <laughs> yeah, it uh, yeah, feel I feel mean, like they have not been watching yeah, all season. I, I mean, five of their six losses have been as favorites. But that just puts it into perspective when you're looking at, is it realistic? All right, let's take a phone call here, and then we'll get back to our third question. 888-729-9494. Mike and Westchester up here on Birds with Friends. Hey, Mike. Hey, Joe. Appreciate you getting me on. You got it, buddy. What's up? Happy Thanksgiving, you, by the way. You too. Hey, I got to say, uh, it's winter go home, is it not? Feels like yeah. It I think this, this is the first time I we can actually finally, say it. Yeah. The first finally, actually must win a game. Must win must game. Win, must yeah. Win. This 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 is definitely you know you gotta win you gotta win this or it's kind of like you know the piping of winning five or six goes out the window. Yeah, and especially it's a division game, and they'll be at seven well, losses. Yeah, and I mean, if if they lose <laughs> at home to the Giants, what hope could you possibly have left? <laughs> None. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, would, I just want to see a better effort. I want to see one game where they put forth a 60-minute effort, which they haven't done in four or five games, in my opinion. They haven't seen the – and I know that they've been down with injuries and they have undermanned, whatever you want to call it. But to me, it's, there's, a, there's an effort issue here. And, I, and, and that's not on Doug, I don't think. It's on the – it's on the – actually, on the whole uh, – of the players. All on them. Well, they have – I mean, a lot of guys – and, Mike, we appreciate it. A lot of guys have not performed up to their own level this year. That's been a big part of it. Like, like, nobody has. Who has? Zach Ertz. Brandon Brooks, maybe. Fletcher. Fletcher Cox. Three and, or a couple yeah. players. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about, like, yeah. five players among all the starters. Cameron Johnston, I would say. Yeah, he's he's doing a nice job. <clears throat> yeah, okay. I'd say he's when the up fourth to name, level. we say, is the punter. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah. And think about it last year. It was the opposite. It was all these guys, the Nigel Bradhams and the – Patrick Robinson. Patrick Robinsons and Chris Long. I mean, all these guys who were playing above what you expected, which to me is a sign of very good coaching, getting more uh, than the guys' potential, you know, having the guys fulfill their potential, having them play to more than you expected. And this year's just been the opposite. Jason Kelsey's speech feels ironic now because maybe those guys were what everyone thought they were. <laughs> they look like it this year. I mean, last year obviously they didn't because they overachieved. Oh, let's hit our third question here to start. Three big questions. I think this is a good, really interesting one. The, if the Eagles could have one Super Bowl do-over, what post-Super Bowl do-over, meaning the, the way they built this team, what would it be? What do you got, Bo? Go ahead. Well, I considered a few. I don't want to name them all because I don't want to steal your thunder, but uh, I know that, that Sheil is very uh, prone to rethinking that second-round draft pick of Dallas Goddard. Whatever you think of the player, they have not made great use of that resource. And you look at a guy like Anthony Miller, who was taken two picks later, not only could he have impacted the offense, he would have saved you the third-round pick he spent on Golden Tate. Uh, I think you could make a case that they should have brought in, even if you were going to name Mike Grow the offensive coordinator, you could have brought in somebody else mm-hmm. in some sort of offensive consultant capacity, bring in some kind of different voice, knowing that you were going to have the uh, the brain drain, as it were, of Reich and Filippo. somebody with some kind of outside uh, something to add. But I would actually say... They should have taken whatever deal they should they could have got for Nick Foles. That's that's my answer. That's that's the right answer. Interesting. Well, so that wouldn't have changed this season at all. You're just saying. Well, could have if they got a pick. Could they have, could have used. if it was for oh, that okay. year's before draft, the draft. You're saying, uh, okay, or even after. Yeah. Uh, maybe, I don't know. Maybe also, then you're more willing to give up a different pick for okay. a player like Le'Veon Bell. Not that I would have advocated for that, but I think it would have changed the course of the season. Before you way. go, Shield, give you the floor. I'm gonna. I have the same one as Bo. And also, I feel like they've mitigated having Carson Wentz on the rookie deal. They're spending the $13.6 million of cap point. room on, on Nick Foles. So, yeah. like, when you add Carson and Nick together, what's that, 20 something million million in the lower 20s, which isn't $35 million, but it's not like 
Yeah. The Rams are paying, well, who was their backup? Um, Mannion? Is Mannion, Sean yeah. Mannion. Mm-hmm. He probably makes league minimum or close yeah. to it. So they're using all that cap room on other players. Like the Eagles took this advantage and like, yeah, we don't really need it that much. And I don't know if Chase, if they're still paying Chase Daniel. Who's starting tomorrow. Or, yeah. or not, but that's a great point. That's been one of the most overblown things about, oh, you have Wentz on his rookie contract. Well, you have to look at the whole position, right. and the whole position, it really hasn't been that much of an advantage. All right, I've, I've got a few. Number one, you drive to Josh McDaniel's house after the Super Bowl, and you say you're taking <laughs> that Colts job, and Frankie Reich is staying in Philadelphia. I think that definitely would have helped. You know, one I considered is the Sproles one was one at the time where you really could have made the case of what are they doing? I was looking at some of the other veteran running backs. There wasn't a slam dunk. You got someone like Frank Gore. I mean, we've averaging like yeah. four and a half yards per carry. It's not that exciting. I would say this one, if you had to, to do over again, instead of Mike Wallace, you could have got John Brown yeah. in here. I think we talked about that, too. We, we yeah. mentioned John. Speedster he, from the Ravens. He's averaging over 17 yards per reception. He's only making a million dollars more. He's got 35 catches for 624 yards. I feel like the two areas that could make a huge upgrade on the field right now, if you could have got a, a better running back and a vertical threat at wide receiver, um, maybe the offense would, would look a lot different. Interesting. And they, look, they made a lot of moves, and it felt like everyone was okay with a lot of the moves. Like the fan base was like, ah, you know what? They won the Super Bowl. Yeah. And now the roster isn't very good. Like, yeah. The coaching has had its issues. Carson has not been as good. But the bigger picture is the, the team isn't as good. Yeah, there, there's no doubt about it. And, you know, they, they had to sort of fill holes on one-year deals with some of these guys. All those deals hit last year, which is very rare. And it's like this year, none of them worked well, out at all. And not only is the team not that great, but you look at each position group, there's not a lot coming down the way uh, in the future. You, you know, how many position groups do you feel good about for next year in terms of, you know, who's going to start? Not many. Quarterback? Quarterback. Tight, Tight end. Pretty good. Tight end. Fletcher Cox. That's only about one it. Of yeah. defensive you know, tackles. you got no, one true. young defensive end in Derek Barnett. Linebackers got, have gone backwards, and there's right? a free agent with Hicks. You've, you've, four of the five offensive linemen are going to be over 30. You're painting a dire picture here, Bo. Yeah. It's a lot of work to be done. That's why you don't go around giving away third-round draft picks willy-nilly. Man, this guy's pushing his narrative here, which you probably <laughs> were right about. All right, 888-729-9494. We'll come back. We will have macroeconomics here on Birds with Friends. And, uh, Bo, tell everyone how they can get involved and read you guys over at The Athletic. Theathletic.com slash WIP gets you 30% off in a free one-week trial. You can read things like, oh, maybe Shields' great breakdown of the differences between Carson Wentz this year and last year, which we'll talk a little bit about next segment. And how about uh, Derek Bodner with the in-depth look at everything going on with Markel Fultz's shoulder and wrist and why he wants to get a change of scenery. A very smart way to look at the circus over at the Sixers. Derek has it. You guys should sign up. 888-729-9494 on Sports Radio 94 WIP. You know, we're a player two or three away from flipping the script. The voice of Doug Peterson, who is, well... Giving his takes on the team, which is at four and six right now. Welcome back, Birds with Friends Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Gilio, Shio Capati, Bo Wolf, those guys from The Athletic. Uh, and you guys with us, and we got a, a Mac Crow economic segment here, which is discussing whether our opinions of certain people on this team have changed uh, in the grand scheme of things from last year to this year to what they are. Now, let's start. Let's start with Doug off what we just heard there. How can we ignore that? That was it was Doug today, right? In the press conference? That was Doug today. The team is four and six. They just lost by forty one points. But play here. You know, they're play, a play here or there away from flipping the script. Uh it's the kind of line that if Gabe Kapler said it during the season. Uh, pitch, always, and everything comes back to Kapler with you. Just your, he's your McVeigh. 
He kind of is, yes. The funny part is, I haven't mentioned Gabe Kapler in weeks, but anytime I say something about an eagle that is in a negative way, someone's like, well, you like Gabe Kapler, so you're a moron anyway. Can you look yeah. at Fair yourself point. in the mirror? But I'm not wrong on this. If Gabe Kapler had a press conference like that, the pitchforks would be at. Doug's just, what is he trying to accomplish with that? I mean, I think I, I think that's got to be about about player buy-in and stuff. And, you know, we're very close uh, here or there to, to tweaking some things and getting back on a roll, but... Not that they've been on a roll all season long. And won two games in a row. It it, it rings pretty hollow coming off that last week's performance. Before last week, I actually kind of followed along with the line of thinking. Like, we're not that far away from turning these games, which are usually pretty close. But Sunday wasn't. I mean, it's such a stupid game to play. And he's been in the league long enough to know how stupid it is that every team could say this. I mean, I could have made the case. I can make the case that they should be 2-8. and You know, they beat the Colts at the end. They beat the Falcons at the end. If those two plays go the other way, you have a two and eight. Josh Adams almost fumbles the ball against the Jaguars. There you go. All All right. right. One and nine. One and nine. There you go. I should have uh, offered that as a rebuttal. I mean, this, there's nothing fluky about this. They're a minus minus 26 point differential. If you look at any of the, you know, advanced stats or whatever. They are 22nd on offense, 22nd on defense and 22nd on special teams. Yeah, they are. Bad across the board. They're the 22nd best team in the NFL. They're actually the 23rd best team because of all those rankings. I mean, it's incredible. So to say that, you know, I just hope that that's not the message he's conveying to the team because they talk every week about sense of urgency and, like, how are you supposed to have that when you're thinking, well, we are really close. You know, we they, they keep referencing. Honestly, multiple players this week have referenced the one scoring drive Against the Saints. Have you heard this? They're like, well, the one time we did score, we did it pretty easily. And, you know, we moved what? the ball right down the field. You did it one time. Against one of the worst defenses in the league. So uh, so very delusional and very concerning, quite Listen, frankly. I'm telling you, I heard it all baseball season. The pitcher gives up six runs. Well, one pitch here, but a shutout. Oh, my God. Same thing. I mean, it, it's, it's similar. All right, let's talk about Doug, though, from a, a big picture thing. Macro level, Doug, they're not having a good year. Has your opinion changed on Doug Peterson based on this season. I still have faith he's a good coach. I don't think he's had a great year. I think the messaging has been off all year. I, I've been saying that. I still believe him as a play caller, even though it's not gone well this year. I'm not ready to throw the towel on on Doug. I agree with that. You know, say, but, but my opinion has dropped a little bit. You know, after the Super Bowl, if you said I could have any NFL coach in the league for the next five years, I probably would have taken Doug second after Belichick. Uh, and that's not the case anymore. Um, and... Part of it is the offense has not looked great. That is his primary job, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and if you look at two of the last three seasons, his first year, obviously they were not a talented team, but they were 20th on offense, 8th last year, and then 22nd this year. They should be better than that this year, and a lot of that falls on Doug. And then you look at getting the most out of players, which we've talked about. Uh, it has not been that great from his perspective. It seems like there's some mixed messaging going on. And so now, if you ask me, I could have any coach in the league. He would not be my second pick. You know, he would be behind, I will have to say, I will count out to Shield. Mm. He would be behind McVay. I would probably take Andy over him right now. I really? I would, I would too. I would, what? I would take For the long term, you, you would? For five years, I think I would. Oh, I disagree. How quickly we forget. Well, I'm, I'm watching. What I'm watching now, Andy's a better coach in Kansas City than he was here. What is he won one playoff game? Oh boy! Here it comes. I'm just. I like Andy. The offense is fantastic. He's right? five years ahead if, of the, rest if, of the league. If, if Patrick is, if Mahomes is coming with Andy, then fine. But I think that I don't know. That's crazy to me. I take Sean Payton probably. Crazy as he might be. <laughs> 
Anybody else? Uh, are there any, any spots is Doug Fallen here? Well, that's a good question. If I if he was uh, if he was two crows right, right. and he, now he's four or five crows, I guess he's lost three crows. If Poor we're Doug. talking macro economics, losing games. Frank and Reich, crows. he might be behind Frank Reich. <laughs> Whoa! I mean, I would probably still take Doug. That's more but... defensible than Andy. What? No. How about, how about uh, Dan Reich's Quinn? Five and Dan Quinn's Ooh. actually a pretty good coach. Right. I wouldn't take. I wouldn't take him. All I'm right. just throwing some names out there. I no, think I'd how take about Doug. Uh, Mike Tomlin? Doug. Matt Nagy. No. Doug. Yeah, so I mean, I still, I, I think that's instructive, though. I think, I think he's still, you know, somewhere between fourth and sixth. Okay, Shield, your Doug thoughts? Man, I was ready to crush Doug, and now I feel like I have to defend him based on the conversation you guys just had. Uh, and so here's what I still believe about Doug long term. I think in terms of uh, leadership and relationships with players, all that, I still believe in him there. And I think the biggest thing about him that I believe in is that he's not uh, – a lot of these coaches are very stubborn and it's their way or the highway and they're not open to new ideas and new thoughts. I actually don't believe that's the case with him. And so I think you could very much see a scenario where they bring in some new idea people, whether it's offensive consultants, whether it's changes to the coaching staff, whatever it may be, this off season, and it leads to dramatic improvement uh, next year. So those are the positives with Doug. I actually still do believe in him uh, long-term, and I think he is going to have a, a good career in Philadelphia. Now, my questions with him, I'm kind of with what Bo said, where at the end of last year, I thought this guy is like an elite schemer and designer of offense, and, you know, he can design around weaknesses and injuries. I mean, the proof was there with with Nick Foles. There was no doubt about it. And this year, just the slog that it has been for the entire offense. I have to take a step back from that and say, maybe he was a little bit better collaborator and he was good at taking all these ideas, forming his own, being a part of it. You know, I don't think everyone else was running the offense. He's still calling the plays, but it obviously was not all him. So he takes a bit of a step back there. And then in terms of having a feel for your team and the messaging you mentioned and the pulse of your team, I mean, that game last week just left such a bad taste in my mouth when you're punting on fourth and four from the opponent's 49 when you're going up against an offense that averages 37 points per game. Flip the field, Shield. I mean, unbelievable. That, you know, that was not happening last year. At times this year. That was it, insane. It was not happening. So that's like what has annoyed me the most, whether it's the end-of-half situations, some of those decisions you know, be who you were last year in terms of that. Give your guys a chance. I know it's dictated on personnel, but that part is concerning to me. We're like, I don't know, Jeffrey Lurie, somebody needs to get in his ear and be like, dude, we had this whole conversation before last year. Look at the results it led to. What are you doing? And it just seems like they don't have a plan sometimes, you know. They trade for Golden Tate. They obviously didn't have a good enough plan for how to incorporate the guy. They go to New Orleans it seems like they're just making these decisions on the fly, when to punt, when to go for, what to do. Like, what happened to the guy who was so prepared week after week after week last year? So those are kind of my concerns with him long-term. And I think the second thing that you hit on is probably the, the most impactful long-term is that he, you know, he is probably not some offensive guru who's got uh, all these pre-prepared answers for the questions that defenses are going to pose. Uh, he is he's probably better uh, in terms of being a collaborator. And if he was some offensive genius, you're set up indefinitely for the future. If that's not the case, then it's going to be more interesting to see what happens moving forward. And a lot of last year, it felt like Doug was good. But early in the season, his quarterback made outrageous plays that just third and nine. He was converting first downs at a crazy rate. He was running around making plays. That quarterback's not played as well this year. Let's talk about Carson. Well, and it's true because last year we weren't even talking about Doug as a great coach 
until after That's Carson true. went down. It yes, was Carson's yes. team, right? So uh, maybe he just got lucky with Foles. <laughs> maybe he just had a good game plan for that. Maybe Foles is the key here. No, I don't want to get into the Foles debate. But uh, Carson Wentz has not played as well this year. And a lot of what I feel is a lot of the conversation is, well, it's Doug's fault. It's the play calling. It's everything around him. And I'm, I'll give my thought on, on Carson first. I am worried for this reason. I need to see him come back to the level he was at last year. Because I think if, let's say both Doug and Carson aren't what we thought they were, I think Carson becomes the bigger issue faster. They could just get a new coach. If they pay Carson Wentz what we think he's going to get paid, and he's the quarterback he is when, this year. When they pay him. When they pay yeah. him. He, and he's the quarterback he is right now, which is not bad. And she'll, we'll talk about your piece. They're, they're going to be one of those teams that pays $37 million for a quarterback that's not a top 10, not top 5, not an elite quarterback. That worries me. He hasn't been that this year. I, I am starting to be a little bit worried about Carson's future because he's just not showing me what he did last year. Well, Sheila, you wrote the piece today. What did you uncover about how he's played? Yeah, I mean, my opinion on him long-term has not changed dramatically, especially, I think, the floor. You know, you mentioned what I, I think, like, he's definitely going to he's definitely a top-10 quarterback. I think there's a very good chance he's going to be a top five quarterback for many years. Now, the question to me is, is he going to be the guy? Now, I think he is going to be the guy, actually, but that can just make up for all these deficiencies, whether it's injuries on the offensive line, whether it's lack of a run game, whether it's not having great weapons or, or your coach not drawing up the perfect scheme for what the defense is giving you, like, the best quarterbacks, the top two or three in the NFL, they have answers and they can make up for all that. That's why you do pay them that kind of crazy money. And I do think, you know, Wentz is 25. He's in his third year in the NFL. Has he done that so far this year? No, I don't think he has. I think he's probably been in that 10 to 12 range in terms of overall play uh, among all the league's quarterbacks. But I still believe in him long term. You know, you look at all the factors coming back from an injury and all the other issues they've had on offense and how young he is, I still feel like he is going to be that guy. Yeah, I mean, last year he was arguably the best quarterback in the league, right? And this year he is, as you said, more in that 10 to 12 range. Now, how much do you factor into it being the first year back from the ACL uh, is is an interesting question. But, you know, he wasn't fantastic as a rookie. He was, you know, he ranked sort of in the 20s in in most of the uh, all-encompassing categories, and we can argue about how important those are. Um, But... Big picture, I agree with Shield. I think he is still like the reason for hope for this franchise long term. I think he will be able to uh, mask whatever deficiencies there are. You want to talk about Crows? I think last year he would have been my number one young quarterback. This year, you know, you can make a case for Mahomes or Goff over him. Maybe he's maybe he's dropped a crow or two. I, I am very interested, and I feel like we probably haven't talked enough about this about what Wentz is going to show in the final six games. I mean, I think it's pretty big. If you have a locker room that is deteriorating, if you have Guys, uh, you know, getting uh, getting snippy with each other. If it becomes clear that you're probably not going to make the playoffs, like in terms of leadership and demeanor, you know, I asked him today. He, he said some of the body language stuff that everybody, including himself, put out there on Sunday was not good. And I asked him, are you talking about your reaction after that interception? And, you know, I didn't have a big issue with that. Like a quarterback, a guy's allowed to get yeah, mad. Yeah. Yeah. If anything, I feel like fans watch that and say, good, someone feels like we do. But he was like, that's not how I should be acting. That's kind of uh, not my normal um, 
out of character for him is what he said. That's and the so, new normal. That, that's the new normal, I guess. So, Should have never said that. <laughs> I want to see what he does from sort of a, a leadership. You know, is he able to put the team on his back in a couple of these next games? That perspective, I think it's a pretty fascinating stretch for a guy uh, who's in the position he is. I agree, and it's also the first time he's really starting to get some some heat this year because he never you get any last year and his rookie year. You have to be happy. You've been calling for the heat. I, I've been saying he's not playing great, and some <laughs> people are starting to get on board. But he didn't get any his rookie year because everyone was so happy they had yeah, a, a young quarterback for a while. You, you know the hell out of me. That wasn't that wasn't even all. Hey, I can actually agree with me on Wentz. That was about something else. But yeah, I want to see how he responds to heat. I mean, Doug is kind of used to heat. Doug got it his whole yeah. first year. I think he can handle that. Yeah. Carson, I'm excited to see how he handles it. Eight at eight seven two nine nine four nine four. We'll come back. We're gonna do at least one more of these macro economics. One big name with the Eagles, and then we'll look forward here a little bit to this weekend and really the NFC East as a whole down the stretch. Eight at eight seven two nine nine four nine four to hop in. She'll tell us how everyone could subscribe to you guys. TheAthletic.com slash WIP, 30% off and a seven-day free trial. You, of course, have all our Eagles coverage, but all the other sports are hot, especially Sixers coverage. All the latest on Markel Fultz. They've got the big story from today about the wrist, about him preferring a change of scenery. So check that out, TheAthletic.com slash WIP. We'll be right back. Birds with Friends Radio, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Welcome back. Birds with Friends Radio, Sports Radio 94 WIP, Joe Giglio, joined by Shil Kapati and Bo Wolf of The Athletic. We're going to have one more macroeconomics here, uh, discussing our macro opinion of, of the big names with the Eagles this year, it's changed or not. And then we'll hit on some crystal ball Eagle predictions and really the NFC East in general, where we're at right now as we head into Thanksgiving. Last one, guys, we didn't get to touch on Howie Roseman. Mm. Last year, won over all his doubters that he had for many years here in Philadelphia. He became a football guy last year. I don't know if yeah. you guys are aware. And this year, uh, his football football, guy des- now. his football decisions haven't been quite as good. We discussed earlier the Nick Foles bringing him back, the moves they could have changed. Some were his decisions, some weren't. But has your opinion of how he changed, Shiel? Mine has not changed dramatically. You know, I think you're right. I did not like the Dallas Goddard pick uh, at the time, not because I didn't like Goddard. I just thought, why are you spending a trading up in the second round to draft a backup tight end who's not going to get on the field because you have a Pro Bowl tight end who's young, where you have all these other holes on the roster. So uh, I didn't like that pick. You know, Bo obviously had the Tate thing, which I did not have an issue with at the time. You know, I don't think they did anything that was, like, especially stupid. I feel like a lot of it, those were those are kind of symptoms of winning a Super Bowl, where you're hanging on to some of these veterans who got you there, and you're trying to really maximize this window. So um, my opinion of Howie Roseman has not changed dramatically. I think uh, it is a big offseason for him, but I still think when you look at the other guys who are running the leagues, like, you know, he's certainly one of the smarter guys in terms of, uh, you know, not, not throwing away resources, eh, although, you know, obviously some issues with that this year. Yeah, I mean, I would say of the three, my opinion of how he has changed the least. I, agree. I, I still think, I'm with you guys on that. I still think that he has more hits than misses. Uh, he's good at uh, squeaking out things on the margins in the Eagles' favor, whether that is contracts or uh, compensation. Although, I think you could make a case that the Golden Tate trade, from Howie's perspective, was more damning because it was a, such a higher price than you. That, you know, he paid full market value, whereas uh, he has done some deals where he's sort of made out in. Uh, in bigger margins. Like J.H.I.E. And was that pressure from the coach? Maybe a little bit. And, you know, was was the Goddard pick pressure from the coach? Did, did he envision this offense needing two tight ends to uh, fulfill his ultimate dreams? Who knows? That's, a, I guess, a story for another time. But uh, I think that Howie is still one of the better general managers in the league, and, and I think 
you know, my opinion of him has, has not changed that much. Although I will say this offseason is going to be very interesting. Uh, you know, he talked last year about not falling victim to sentiment when it comes to rebuilding the roster. I think that's going to come into play even even greater this year as this roster continues to age. And it could be a big turnover this time, this yeah. year on the roster. All right, let's hit crystal ball eagle predictions. It's Giants-Eagles on Sunday. It doesn't feel like a game everyone's excited for because I think everyone's worried they're going to lose another game. Yeah. Um, I don't think the Giants are good. They've won two in a row now. The Eagles are favored by six points in this game, which is Incredible. pretty amazing. They're favored by six over anyone right now. Coming off a... What was the score? A forty-one a point 41 loss. Forty-one point. It was a squeaker. It was a you know and a couple as, plays as here and there. As forty-one yeah. point games go, it was pretty close. I agree. I think the Eagles are going to score some points on Sunday. They have to oh, score some. points. I said that last week. I'm not saying that anymore. <laughs> yeah, maybe I shouldn't have said it, but I said it already. Shield I, said last week. Shield predicted I think thirty-eight twenty, and I scoffed at him saying they're laughing. only going to score twenty points against <laughs> this defense. Seven. They scored seven. Oh, if they can't generous. score on the Saints and Giants in back-to-back weeks. They just can't score. Like, that's it. Then we're done saying it. Uh, I think they're going to score some points this week. That's, that's my big prediction. They'll score. I'm not sure if they're going to stop the Giants, though, with their secondary. Yeah, so I've, you know, I've really flip-flopped on this, on this uh, pick. I was on with uh, Joe and John earlier, and I said I was leaning Giants. Sitting here, you're seven-point favorites. You're at home against that team that was trading away, uh, you know, Damon Harrison and Eli Apple from the last time you played them. They have such little talent on the defensive side of the ball and such little pass rush that it makes me think I kind of agree with you that maybe, finally, they can put some points on the board. The other side of the ball, I mean, they're going to have their hands full with Saquon Barkley and Odell Beckham and a bunch of backups in the secondary. So I think yards will, you know, teams will be moving up and down the field a little bit. I'm going to pick the Eagles. I'm going to pick the Eagles and in the holiday spirit, uh, and, and, in the holiday spirit and say that they give the city a little, a tiny, well, it might even be more than that. I mean, if the, if the Cowboys win on Thanksgiving and then the Eagles win, I mean, everybody's probably going to be pretty hyped on Monday morning. I'm going to say Eagles 27, Cowboys, or who are they playing? Giants <laughs> 24. I'm really into it, if you can't tell. Yeah, I mean, I have, I have very little feel for this game or excitement. Uh <laughs> But that's not like the Eagles. I, yeah, exactly. My demeanor is not in the right place. I, I think I might be leaning the other way. Wow. I mean, Odell Beckham going up against you know the the trio of most likely Cravon LeBlanc, Devontae Bosby, and Chandon Sullivan. Oh I don't know if they're going to be able to get Avante Maddox or and that and Corey Graham at safety. I mean, he could go for two hundred yards. That sounds exciting. In the first right? half. Um, <laughs> Jim Schwartz came up with a really good game plan last time against the Giants. Can he do that again? Will your boy Pat Shermer be prepared? I think I think you like him a little bit less, less than, than you than do, I do than anybody does. <laughs> um, I do think that the offense. I mean, it has to be better. It can't be worse than it was last week. That's impossible. Eight points. You think they'll go? I for think two? they could at least get eight. Okay, double digits. No, let's Why? not get crazy. I mean, I think. Doug could have some things he's been preparing for these division opponents. No, I give me a know. break with that reasoning. He's been They're saving close. up. They're saving up for I'm week to, 12. I'm trying to think of stuff. Oh, my I gosh. Just, saving stuff for the division I opponents. I don't know. I mean, the Giants, if you look at football outsiders, the Giants are 21st. The Eagles are 23rd. Their offense is better than the Eagles. Their defense is worse. Their special team is much better. Ugh. Ugh. 
<laughs> I don't feel good about this either you way. You got to make a pick. Let's I'm going to take the Giants 23 to 20. Okay. Wow. I'll go Eagles 26, Giants 24. Okay. It's a game that they both want to lose, but someone wins. All right, before we, we wrap uh, this up. I feel and, dirty. I've done it again, Sheila. I picked Shermer. That's yeah, one of my, one of my biggest you regrets. You've got to stop doing that. It's Pat Shermer. But before we uh, exit here and move on to while well, you guys move going on Thanksgiving, and tomorrow's a big game, Cowboys-Redskins. The Cowboys yeah. are right now the favorites. Would you guys say that? They're the favorites to win this division? Vegas has them as heavy favorites to well, win Well, the, the leader division. in the division is Colt McCoy and then Mark right. Sanchez. Yes. So I don't think that I don't think that Cole McCoy is that much worse than Alex Smith. Mm-hmm. What Alex Smith was giving them, I think. I think it's a definitely a drop off, legit drop off. Has to be. I, I think Eagles fans should be rooting for the Cowboys for this reason because the Cowboys still have the Saints and the Colts on their schedule, and you play them once. So you've got Washington twice. Twice. So Cowboys beat Washington. They're both six and five. You beat the Giants Sunday. You're five and six, one game back, baby, with a Monday night matchup. Colt McCoy coming to town. I know that's right. <laughs> Everyone will get back on board. That's the truth. That, yeah, oh, they win one game. It, it like, doesn't oh, take man. an impressive performance. Four thirty I mean, Sunday. Yeah. Find a way to win. You know, a one. You know, Jake Elliott hits a sixty-one yarder. There you go. We're all back on board. All right, that's, guys. That's the bump they needed. That right. really is the is the shame of it is that they didn't need like an A plus season. They needed like a C season. They're having a D yeah. season. And they're having like a D or an F season. We're not asking for much. Yeah. It's just be average. All right, guys. You guys have a great Thanksgiving and we'll do this again next week. Hopefully there's still a season to talk about. Yeah. Well, we'll figure it out we'll, either. Yeah, way. yeah, we'll talk about something. All right. This has been Thanks, Birds Joe. with Friends Radio on Sports Radio ninety four W I P. We'll be back. Lots to get into. Hot stove check in. Coming up, and then your phone calls, 888-729-9494 on Sports Radio 94 WIP.